podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am master life coach and mindfulness expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, hello, hello. How is everyone doing? I am stoked for this episode. We're talking about bringing sexy back. Now, before we get started, because <laughs> obviously when I think about bringing sexy back, I think about JT because, you know, he's the one that brings sexy back. And I thought of this totally funny story. So when JT, Justin Timberlake, for those of you guys that don't know who JT is, when he was before he was, you know, like one of the trolls, he had an album bringing sexy back and he came to Portland. I live in Portland and George, my husband, I don't even know if we were married yet. I don't really remember. I think we were married. Anyway, he got tickets for the show and I was thinking like, oh my gosh, he got two tickets. Like I'm going to bring you know, like my best friend or my sister, and it's going to be so much fun. And he gave them to me, but it was like, oh, we're going to go together. Like I got these tickets and we can go together. And I just remember thinking like, that's just not the way it's supposed to work. Like I'm supposed to go to JT and then maybe like we'll randomly meet and then, you know, have this like sexy rendezvous on his bringing sexy back to her, you know, even though we're both in committed relationships, like a girl can dream. Right. And I just remember sitting there like the whole time up and like, we didn't even have very good seats and just being like, you're totally ruining my chances right now. (laughs) Anyway, that's what made this made me think about was just my celebrity fantasy crush on JT. And you know what's so ironic about that? So the last album he did, I don't know if it was even his last album. It was like The Man in the Woods or The Man in the Forest or I don't know, Woodman. I don't know, whatever it was called. Anyway, somebody had texted. My husband was like, oh, my God, you look exactly like JT on his new cover. Like, and so then... My husband had like this really big head for a little while that that somebody thought that he looked like JT and sees like, so see, you never had to go and like, you know, fulfill some fantasy crush with JT because you're already like married to him. Anyway, that was a total side note. So <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed that little story back to business. Let's talk about getting sexy back. So really today, what I wanted to talk about was just this idea. And I've talked about this so many times on this podcast, but I want, you know, really to spend 2020 going into more details about each and everything concepts that I've talked about. Because one of the things that I hear regularly about my podcast is that it has so much information and so many great concepts, but it's really helpful to hear specifics and breaking things down even to their most simplistic you know, place so that you can start applying them to your life. So that's what I'm going to start doing more of on top of having more interviews. And one of the things that I have mentioned multiple times on This podcast is this idea of when we think about things getting in the way of pleasure. And really, it's a simple concept, right? It's like if there's, you know, I was driving home from the mountain and there's all these twigs and this big 
like log blocking the road. If I want to continue to drive down the road, then I need to get out and like move the log and the other things that fell from the windstorm, right? Like that's just kind of normal. So it's a simple concept, but it's not that easy to put into practice because it's not often how we think of things. Like we have a hard time wrapping our brain really around it and like truly get it. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, Danielle. But like, what does that look like? And what does that mean when I'm thinking about pleasure, when I'm thinking about amazing sex and getting aware of what is getting in the way about it? Because when women think about becoming more sexual, really more of anything, it feels like you have to add more, like adding the sexy back, bringing the sexy back, right? And actually, this is not the case because really what is likely getting more in the way of you having more desire for sex or having more sex or just having better sex is not a matter of putting more stuff into the mix, but rather taking stuff out and all the things that are getting in the way. So the reason I wanted to name this is like bringing sexy back is just more of irony and also because I love JT, but I really want you to think of it as like, the sexy is always there. It never went anywhere. We just covered it up with all the other shit happening in our life and the other things that took priority in our brain. But before we go further into that part of the discussion, I want to take note here about the biological drive. So we've talked about, you know, sex drive. We talked about biology. But one of the most hotly debated topics, I think, when it comes to sex is how much of it is like us wanting it to be linked to our biology. And it is so much less than you would think, right? So when you want to blame hormones or your age or your attraction or lack thereof to your partner, first notice how you feel when you think it's one of these things. Usually it's like, you know, throwing the white flag, like I can't do anything about this. I'm just not attracted to my partner anymore. So unless they change, then my sex life isn't going to change. Or unless, you know, I can really get a handle on my hormones, then I, you know, then I can't change. Or, um, well, I guess I just have to settle because I'm older and I'm different than I was like, you know, 20 years ago or before I had babies. Like, look how disempowering that line of thinking is. And again, it is still much less. Like, do hormones make a difference? Absolutely. Absolutely, they do. Is whom you're attracted to have a lot to do with these hormones or other factors like pheromones for sure but are these the biggest players on the field when it comes to having amazing sex and feeling desire absolutely fucking not it truly comes down to your brain and it is the thing that makes the biggest impact on your sex life is how you are thinking where your mind is at and how you're perceiving things and even if hormones are playing a role we can still guide ourselves to feel differently with the power of our minds. So for instance, when it's like that time of the month for me, like leading up to my period, I'm naturally kind of like a more irritable bitch. Like that's just my natural state of being. I have a shorter fuse. Like I want to snap at people more easily. And I feel as though I want to start fights with people, whether those people are my children or like the unsuspecting, like, you know, cashier at the grocery store, right? My hormones are influencing my brain chemistry and they're creating this internal environment that makes more negative thoughts and like really it's judgmental thoughts my go-to. It becomes my default. The hormones have like 
changed my natural disposition into kind of this like frowny face, bitchy person. However, I can still not be irritated. I don't have to settle even if this was an easier route. I can still use my mind to observe the thoughts that I am having that are creating irritation and I can redirect those while also like being compassionate about where I'm at, right? About the emotions that are coming up or the tears that just seem to pop out when I'm like reading a card or reading some nice post on Facebook, right? I can redirect those thoughts. I can still be purposeful and I can still be intentional. And I don't have to be like this unsavory type person. You know what I mean? I can do it. It just might take a little bit more effort, a little bit more mental gymnastics to get there during this time of the month. Is it impossible? No. Does it take a bit more effort? Yes. Now, the same thing goes for when I'm ovulating, right? Like this more for me and well, this for me and for a lot of women is when I naturally feel a little bit more sexual, right? Like I have a little bit more sexual desire. I feel a little bit more sexy. So it might take less effort on my part to get myself to wanting sex or to initiating sex with my partner. I might not have to intentionally think certain thoughts during this time of my of the month because my mind, my brain chemistry is being influenced by these sexy hormones. So these might create more desire and more desirable thoughts easier to access, but it's still coming from the thinking mind on either side. I'm still having on one side, looking at this situation, right? More irritable thoughts, more judgmental thoughts, more negative thoughts, probably like a little bit less empathetic thoughts. And on the other side, I'm like, a little bit more sexy thoughts, like a little bit more ready to go, (laughs) these sorts of things, right? The hormones might influence my mind, but it's still my mind. And my mind is malleable. My mind can be managed. And that's what we have to remember. Even if hormones are present, and even if hormones are going to influence a certain way, when you're practicing the skill of mind management, it doesn't take away your ability to redirect yourself on purpose. Okay. So that's all the biology talk I really want to get into today. And I really want to talk more about like the turn offs we get. That is like the things that get in the way of your pleasure. So in order to be having sex, we have to have a couple things going on. We have to have turn ons. That is things that the brain has now associated with being sexually relevant. Like that stuff has to be there. But then we also have to have things that is not blocking us from accessing the sexual relevant information or this pleasurable information the brain wants to deliver. And most people approach their sex life thinking that perhaps they need more things, like more sexually relevant things, more things to turn them on, more things that might remind them of sex. But really, there are a lot of things that are relevant to sex around us all the time. And there's pleasure, as we've spoken about, to be had in the body at any given moment if we just turn towards our senses and become present with what's going on in our body. The turn-ons for most women, and I would say like 98% of people, are really not the issue. It is really being turned off that is the culprit for most of us. 
You see, sex becomes, when we're thinking about it in our everyday lives, becomes irrelevant to the brain in modern life. Because everyday stresses like getting your bills played or what the fuck is for dinner, who is responsible for like what kid at what time and where and what activity and blah, 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 blah. Not to mention all the stuff going on with politics. Are we going to war or not? Like these are everyday things we face in today's world. And Some are big and some are smaller, right? But they can all trigger in the nervous system, making it feel like we are under threat, which is going to take us out of our body. It's going to spin us in our head with worry and anxiety and fear. And when we feel that way in our body, we can't access pleasure. We're simply not even in the part of our nervous system that wants to think about sex, that will allow blood to flow down to like our genitals, right? Like it's it's just not conducive with having sex, let alone having good sex. The women I work with are go-getters. They, they have big money and big business goals and big impact goals. And they really want to make like a big impact and influence in the world. And they want to change things. And they're creating content and connecting with people and coming up with new ideas and putting themselves out there and on stages and out there in a really big way. And they love it. They love these goals. They want to achieve their goals. They want to be of service of people and make a really big impact on where the world is going. And this motivation can also capture all of their attention. It can pull you away from other endeavors like having sex with your partner. And it feels exciting and where perhaps you don't feel maybe as excited about your partner, right? Because when you're starting something new and you're feeling like you're in service and can't stop thinking about your great ideas or how you want to change the world and how you want to show up, then that becomes more tantalizing than if you've been in a long-term relationship with someone than having sex. So you can see that some of these things can influence the way that you're showing up and how you're approaching sex, which brings me to the next big turnoff for many, which is the connection or lack of connection they have with their partner. Like maybe it could simply just be like a disconnect, like two you know ships sailing in the night sort of thing. But it's also for a lot of the people that I talk to, it's like a frustration with who is doing what and feel like, you know, as a woman, maybe you're doing more than your share, you're doing all of it, or it could even just be an attraction thing. But whatever it is, it's getting in the way of wanting to sexually connect and then being able to connect in a delicious and turned on way is even further away from your list of importance, right? So I want you guys to think of it this way. Picture a small stream that's like flowing naturally, right? Now the stream is connected to a powerful river and this river is the source that provides it with like ample water. Now, if I went over to that stream and I began placing like really big boulders and rocks, then I would reduce the amount of water that was able to flow through. And maybe I add a lot of rocks and then I add some sticks and I add some other debris. And pretty soon the amount of water that can come through is only a trickle. And maybe over time that stream even shrivels up because no water is able to get through. And this metaphor is like for most people's sex lives in the modern days is 
it isn't that there is no water flowing. Is it? It isn't that there isn't a source there that could bring water into their stream. There is, but we just have so many damn rocks and boulders and sticks and other junk and debris. They're mucking it all up that pleasure struggles to flow naturally. So we have to work on like taking the dam down, really, like getting all of that shit in the way so that the source that's already there that has all of the pleasure, right? The pleasure at the fingertips in our body can begin to flow more naturally again. If you want to increase like your sex life and your pleasure, then you have to increase your awareness of all the other things, like the life things that are getting in the way. All that debris that is keeping you like from further, like further and further away, right? That is going to keep you from hot sex. That is going to keep you from even wanting to have sex. That's going to keep you from receiving an advance from your partner when you're washing dishes and he grabs your buns and you're thinking, holy shit, I have too much to do. I don't have time for this. That's the small things that add up over time and have this compound effect, this negative compound effect on you and your sex and you and your pleasure. And when I say that, you might immediately think that you need to change the things out there to help you access your pleasure in here, inside of you. And that is kind of true. But remember circumstances like those outside things, these are always neutral. Okay. Things that are happening outside of us are always neutral. It's how we think about them that are either going to make them an obstacle to our pleasure or not. Right. So like, listen, when you're thinking you need to go out there and change all of the things, it's more, let's see, like, where am I getting hung up and how might I think differently about this? That's truly where the magic comes in. That's truly what changes everything. Now, when I'm chatting with my clients and we're having, you know, amazing sex celebrations, which I love to do, I always take this time to pause so we can take a closer look about what's giving clues into why you are able to access your pleasure and why you are able to have amazing sex that maybe wasn't available to you a few weeks before. And recently I was having this discussion with one of my clients and I was talking with her and she had just gone on vacation and she said that she had this amazing sex and I was like, what was different? What was changed? And she was like, well, I wasn't worried about the kids, like the kids hearing us because... They weren't there. They weren't on vacation. And I also wasn't having sex on a squeaky bed. And one of the other things that kept her from pleasure in one of the big things when she's at home is this worry that her kids would hear her and her husband. Even if she was feeling a little bit turned on, this would immediately squash her access to pleasure or even like, you know, have her show up where she's like, no, 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 not right now. The kids are still awake, maybe later, right? Like pushing off advances and saying no to her pleasure because of that fear. It would take her out of her body and into her head about worrying and fear and just kind of um, moving away from it, right? Now, with any kind of circumstance, we can approach it in a variety of ways. First, we can simply just change the circumstance that is like eliminate the off for her, which is what happened on vacation. Her kids weren't there. So that immediately made that one easy because there's no kids around to hear 
the squeaky bed or her and her husband having sex. Now, the other approach to work on is managing your mind around the worry. She was feeling afraid because it felt more shameful to her as we started digging deeper if her children knew she was having sex. Like she felt a little embarrassed. It was almost like going back in time and being like, oh my gosh, I just got caught for doing something naughty. It was this kind of fear that was coming up in her. So what we discussed is this allowed her to see that she didn't want her kids to feel uncomfortable. And there was a conversation to be had and also that she could take the necessary measures to help them not hear, but it also felt shameful. And the shame was shutting her and her body down immediately. It was blocking her from her pleasure. And then after all of this talk, I was like, yes, we can do all of this work and, you know, work on your mind, have these important discussions. And then I was also like, hey, she could also just fix the squeaky bed, right? So there's some things that are easily fixed. Like if your bed squeaks, just get some WD-40 and maybe like screw some screws in a little tighter. That's a possibility. Get a proper lock on your door if you're worried about people coming in. You know, get your kiddo, especially if they're older, like noise canceling headphones. Like there's sometimes we can just help ourselves change a circumstance and not make it a big deal. Other times if they're circumstances that are not easily changed or if we're depending on somebody else to change for us to feel better about a situation, then really that's where we bring in our inner work. That's when we start to look at a circumstance, notice the thoughts that are creating perhaps shame or embarrassment or whatever it is, and we work to clean those up. Another client when I was thinking about this podcast was feeling a lot of pressure to perform in her business and make money to support her family and reach her goals. And it had her spinning in her head a lot and this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. I'm excited about the things I'm working on. I'd much rather be doing this. This thing that I'm working on right now is going to move me forward, right? And all of these thoughts, this mentality got in the way of her being able to say yes to sex or really just desiring at all. But by helping her set aside some dedicated time to sex, we scheduled sex on her calendar that allowed her to start calming down the mind to not like worry that she had something else to do because when it was on her calendar, this is the only thing she had to do. So when her mind still like wanted to push up and resist like resist it, right? And her mind wanted to say like, yeah, but you could be doing whatever. She said, no, 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 no. Thank you, mind. I see that you're very busy and you want to push back on this, but I specifically put it on my calendar. I have all the time in the world for this right now. And that allowed some softening, right? Because then we were able to help her, you know, soften her mind around it, create time in her schedule. And we had something to say back to the resistant mind that was saying, oh my God, I don't have time for this, right? She could gently just remind herself and calm her herself down and her stress self down and say to her mind that she did in fact have time that this was the only thing she was meant to be doing right now. And that makes such a difference. That allowed her to say yes more and then experience more pleasure because she was getting in between the thing that was keeping her from pleasure. 
So it's really important to become super aware of the things that are getting in the way of you having the kind of sex you want. Mind-blowing sex is a key part of overall well-being. And (laughs) I'm not going to get into all the reasons. I've said that a lot on this podcast, but it is. It's a key part of your overall well-being. It includes all of you. It's the most compassionate, loving, and holistic approach you can take when you're working on your sex life and having that as part of like your practice of well-being and showing up in a bigger, bolder way in the world. But it isn't easy. There's so many other things that you could prioritize at any given moment, that your brain will want to prioritize at any given moment, that maybe culture has told you is more important at any given moment. So if you truly want to have a better sex life this year and beyond, begin to get curious about what it is that's getting in the way of that. And honestly, it could be as simple as you don't like being cold and you give yourself permission to just wear the damn wool socks while you're doing it. Like It could be just something like that. Or it could also be more involved, like softening around the resentment you feel towards your partner. Whatever it is, you can't do anything about it until you know what's there. So get going and do some digging. When you've had amazing sex before, what's going on? What's going on in your external environment? What's going on with you and your partner? What's going on in your mind? And maybe even perhaps a better question is to ask yourself, what is not going on, (laughs) right? What was not happening that week that allowed me to access my pleasure more? What allowed me to say yes more easily? What allowed me to stay in my body and not spin out in my head with my to-do list? Like if you really start getting curious about that and identify those off switches and then start to work on minimizing them, I guarantee you, you will begin having not only more sex, but way better sex. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for joining. This is another episode of It's My Pleasure. And as always, it's been my absolute pleasure to share this information with you. And I hope that it allows you to find all of those off switches that are keeping you from accessing your pleasure and start to move them out of the way so that you can create that flow once again. Have a wonderful day. And if you're looking for more one-on-one help to identify those turn off switches, I am taking applications now for one-on-one coaching later this year. Okay. Have a great day. Bye.